Hello, and welcome to Women With Books. I'm your host, author Lindsay Emery. Hey, how's your summer going? Mine's going okay. I can't believe we're like halfway through. We had the 4th of July, and and uh, just this Sunday, yesterday, I was um, at the grocery store, and there's back-to-school supplies out, which makes me... Um, kind of jump for joy. It's my one of my favorite times of year. And um, also, I'm a, I'm, I'm a little sad for my kids, honestly, because this time, time goes too fast. Um, but more importantly, how is your summer reading going? Are you exploring new genres or books by former Women With Books guests uh, per the Women With Books Summer Reading Challenge? I have, and it's funny because it's... Um, you know, even though it's my summer reading challenge, I wasn't going to, um, you know, take myself too seriously because it's, I don't take myself too seriously. <laughs> and, um, you know, I know that it's just not, I'm not being graded on it or anything, but I've actually, I, the books that I read on vacation and everything, I'm like, oh, these would qualify for the summer reading challenge. Like I read uh, the first in Jeffy Kennedy's new series. And while I've read her before, I'm going to check her off on a genre that's new to me because this um, book was um, just pure fantasy. It was not a fantasy romance at all. There was no romance. It was just um, the start to her new fantasy series. So I gave myself credit for that. Um, and Sarah McLean's latest, too. Um, definitely, definitely uh, you get credit for wearing a, uh, or reading a book with a fancy dress on the cover because that has a gorgeous pink gown. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I, as always, I'm always interested to hear what you're reading, what you're recommending. So do it on our Women With Books Facebook page or or reach out on my social media or email and let me know. Uh, speaking of reaching out, there's still time for you to let me know your ideas and suggestions for season three of Women With Books. Email me, shoot me a message, um, and let me know. I've, I've already heard from some of you, which thank you so much. It helps me see like what you're interested in and who you are interested in. Um, you've got fabulous ideas. Thank you. Keep them coming. I am in the process of contacting um, people trying to set interviews up. So um, go ahead and get me your suggestions soon before uh, all my space fills up because my fall is going to be a little busy. Uh, because I have a book coming out in October, October 9th to be specific. Uh, it is called The Royal Runaway and it is on pre-order now and um, you know marketing and promo is going to take up some time so I'm trying to get all this women with books um, stuff scheduled and ready to go. Uh, go buy The Royal Runaway. That would be awesome. It'd be a great way for you to support the podcast. Um, and if you're interested in an ARC, I think I I'm going to give away a copy to someone on the Women With Books newsletter this month. Uh, make sure you're signed up for that. The link to sign up for that newsletter is in the show notes or on womenwithbooks.com. And my last uh, office keeping task announcement is that Women With Books is officially open for sponsorship opportunities. So go to womenwithbooks.com and send me an email at lindsay at lindsayemory.com for more information. And now, on to our guest, Alexis Ann. Welcome to Women With Books. We have Alexis Ann with us today. Yay! Hi! Thanks for having me. Of course. I can't, I couldn't wait to have you on again. Um, we had you on the last episode of 2017 oh my gosh that feels so long ago I know it's weird it was yesterday and it was like a year ago all at once yes I think it was more like a year ago for me but um <laughs> but I just had you on then we were just talking about like your best read like what you read and loved in 2017 and I promised I wanted to have you on, like, officially for your author stuff. Um, but, of course, we're still going to ask, like, what you're reading. And, and I, I still want to hear about that. 
but um, I should have made notes and like stuff so I have it right here at hand. If we need to pause and you need to go like get your Kindle or <laughs> iPad, we can do that. I, I hate putting people on the spot about that, but at this at this point, come on, you need to know. <laughs> oh, I do, I do, I know. <laughs> um, I I'm very good friends with you. I know that that makes the podcast a little different. Yeah, and so like I want to start with like how'd you get started writing because I really don't. No. I mean, I do know, but I don't know. I don't know officially. So how'd you get started writing, Alexis Ann? Um, Well, technically, it started a very long time ago. I actually went to young authors camps in elementary school because I loved writing so much. And we had them at our uh, community college every year. And so I'd go every year. It was like my favorite thing to do. And they would have authors and illustrators and mind exercises. And that's where I started my journey because we would do like exercises on closing your eyes and listening to what's around you and how would you describe it and and it was really fun and it stuck with me all through high school I had some really amazing teachers who guided me down the creative writing path and then um, I decided to become an archaeologist because becoming a writer seemed really hard (laughs) (laughs) so the second choice is obviously archaeology (laughs) of course Actually, it was one of my suggestions from my um, English teacher, and I, it was a dual enrollment English um, high school and college at the same time. And she said, You're, you've, you've got all these great writing skills, but you, you haven't lived yet. Why don't you go do something in college instead of studying English? Go, go study something interesting and get some life experience. And so I thought, you know what's interesting? Studying human culture. I'm going to go study anthropology. And it was great. I learned a lot about people. And if you read my books, I think it comes through sometimes. And, uh, and uh, it was years later, I was on the floor in the kitchen with my three year old or four year old, I don't know how old he was at the time. And we were making a list of all the places we wanted to go. You know, one of those great big lists you put on your refrigerator, and it was Machu Picchu and all these things. And he asked me why I hadn't gone yet. And, you know, you get into that, like, adult reminiscing of, well, I haven't made the time, I had kids, and I slipped out something like I always wanted to write books, and I thought I would be writing books and traveling the world. And he just looked at me and went, well, then why aren't you doing that? And I went, oh, wow, out of the mouth of babes. Okay, time to reassess my life. I love that so much because that happened to me too. Did you know that? I think we've talked about this, but it's been yeah. a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So I was reading uh, my oldest daughter's story and something came up or we were talking right before bedtime and she's like, what did you want to be when you grew up? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I wanted to be a writer. And she's looking at me like, well, why aren't you that? Mm-hmm. And And you just look at them and you're like, how can I tell them that you can be anything you want to be if I'm sitting here going, well, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be that. You know, I'm not going to do it for me, but you can do it. So, I mean, literally, I probably, like, started, uh, I think I'd been writing all along, but mm-hmm. I think yeah. I started going, like, okay, well, how do I query? How do I do, like, what what do I have to do to be a real, quote, real writer? But I love that. I love that our children are so awesome and getting us started on this path. And we both have that philosophy of like, we want to model for our children what we want for them. So yeah, having that moment of, oh, wait, I said I wanted to do this. And I told you, you can do anything, but I'm not doing what I said I wanted to do. That's bad modeling. I have to fix that. Totally. So when are you going to Machu Picchu? We're talking about it for our 40th birthdays in two years. (laughs) So we're on this fix it by 40 plan. It's a hashtag fix it by 40. And uh, so the plan is to be healthy enough to hike the the Inca Trail up to Machu Picchu for our 40th. I might tag along. Please (laughs) do. Let's make it a big HBIC nation journey or something. We'll just have Nate as a mascot. (laughs) Oh, no, we don't want to. He's not our mascot. He's our he's one of the girls. He He really is. And for those uh, who don't already follow Alexis Ann, Nate is uh, her husband and sexy editor. He is. 
Um, well, that's another thing we have in common, though, because when I was growing up, I would pour over National Geographic. Oh, yes. And anything. And I think my grandfather bought us our subscription for several years while I was in elementary school. And um, actually, side note, when my kids got old enough, I was like, oh, I'm going to buy that. And I, it was so expensive. I realized like what my grandfather's gift had really been. Yeah, <laughs> they are. They're expensive. <laughs> uh, but thank you, Grandpa, for doing that. Um because I would pour over them anything to do with archaeology, mm-hmm. um, pyramids, mummies, tombs. I didn't care where they were from. They could be like Viking tombs. They could be Peruvian tombs. I didn't care. Um, but I, when I was listening to you say that, I think, you know, it's totally natural for writers because those are stories. That's mm-hmm. like fantastic worlds and a whole new cast of characters and world building that you're um, inserting yourself in just learning about archaeology. So that knowing what I know about you as a writer it totally makes sense. Yeah, there's all, so much built-in backstory. And when you're naturally, you know, going back in time to figure that stuff out, it helps you as a writer too. Like, oh, what's this character's backstory? Well, I use the same technique. Let's go back. Yeah, and it's like universal human experiences too because totally you you go back in archaeology and be like oh i found this pot what did they use this pot for this was the merchant what did he do and it was like oh that's pretty much the same thing as you know whatever we got today so every other culture and any other place in time i love that so you went in you were like okay i have to be a writer so i can prove to my son i can do it (laughs) yep and then you picked contemporary romance right off the bat or did you no okay what I did, did you not do? I, I my the first one I I sat down and wrote for a little while um I called it I don't even remember what I called it but it was kind of a science fiction dystopian kind of thing um about an island that uh, it was a it was a social experiment. This is the anthropologist coming back in. It was a social experiment by all of these world like billionaires and geniuses to put everybody to put um, a utopian society on an island that was completely closed off from the rest of the world and study whether they could actually have a utopian society. But then, of course, there was somebody who got left off the island and he wanted on because they had developed all this really cool technology and he was coming to take it all. And it was really big and crazy and out of this world and I never finished it because I didn't have the skills yet to deal with anything like that. Yeah, that's kind of huge (laughs) yeah a little bit just a little bit but I had fun working on it and it was then that I I, you know me and my deadlines I I only write well when I have a goal and so and this is me in anything in any any field any activity I need a goal and a deadline and knowing that I said okay you have 30 days to prove that you can actually finish a book you have all of these started ideas in my laptop and my notebooks and all these things that I've written over the years, but none of them are finished. So you have 30 days to prove you can finish a book. And that's when I picked contemporary romance because it was what I had been reading. And so it was the the most obvious to me at the time. And so in 30 days, I wrote a story that eventually became both the Storm Inside and Tease. All right. So here's where I get to part of I know you but I don't know you because I started counting up your books <laughs> how many uh, is it 14 am I counting that number right I think you've got I think you've got some hidden books what, what's, four, what's... there's four in the storm inside series there's three in the wild pitch series there's seven in the T series so that's eight 15 and then there's the two one week stories I did that are now the billionaire bachelor and whatever I call them now. I forget what I renamed them. <laughs> and um, and then uh, Digging Up Danger. So that's 18. Oh, filters, 19. See, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I was like on your site. And because you've got these series that are kind of all interconnected. And, yes. Um, and they're becoming more so this year. Right. And so I was like counting and I'm like, wait, no, have I already counted that one? I think I've counted that one twice or I don't want to count that one twice. So I'm not going to count this. And um, but it's awesome for your readers because they can like literally just step inside 
a world and be immersed for uh, several weeks if they want to read them all back to back. Yeah, that's the idea, especially going forward, is to continue to weave these different worlds together because now all the characters are starting to overlap and you can come in from whatever angle suits you, whether you're really into second chances or action adventure or or really, really steamy stuff. And, and you can just kind of follow your desires from there because the whole world interconnects at this point. Now, here's something I'm curious about. Did you do this on purpose? I mean, was this like a master plan or is this just like the way your brain works? It's like, well, I've got these characters. I might as well reuse them in this way. So it was not an intentional master plan. But, okay, so in the beginning, like I said, I wrote this book and 30 days. But it was my first completed manuscript. It was a mess. And I rewrote it three times, I think. So by the end, it was like 225,000 words because that's what happens when you rewrite something three times. And it's your first one. You have no idea. I shelved it and said, okay, now you've done this. You have to write a real book now. And that's what became The Storm Inside. But I had pulled all the stuff out of that first story and wrote The Storm Inside and Reflected in the Rain. And I was kind of burnt out after that second book. And I said, I want to write something fun. And I pulled out that first book again, and I said, well, there's another 150,000 words here I can still <laughs> steal from. And that's how I wrote Tease. Tease um, was actually like the first five chapters of that book or something like that. And then it went off in its own direction. And it was in Five Dirty Sins um, that I, find, I, was, I had a bookstore in that book. And I was said, instead of making up a new author name and a new book series that, that this bookseller is talking about and these characters are talking about. Why don't I already use one that I have in another series? So I went over to the Storm Inside series where Zoe, the nanny, was an aspiring author and she was working on a book series. So in my other world, I just imagined it was a couple years later and she was doing well and this one series had taken off. And flash forward all of the next few books in the series, I started saying, well, I have this character already, I'll just use them. And I have this book already, I'll use them. And it kind of all just kind of exploded in this last book that I released last fall. All of a sudden, everybody's everywhere. And all of these things that I put into these other books led back into this book. And it was at that point that I said, this is really fun. Why would I try to come up with crazy, completely different ideas at this point when I have this giant world and all these characters that can be in each other's books? Why don't I just take all of these ideas that I've had? Because, oh my gosh, every time I write a book, I have three other ideas for the characters in the books. And they're all on a whiteboard and I never get to them. So now what I'm doing is going back to all those ideas and saying, okay, well, let's play with this idea. I already have these characters from this book. So if you've read this book, you know these characters. And now I can take these characters from this book and put them into this book too. And we have a party. I love it. <laughs> and I know your readers love it. And actually, I mean, the last fall, which, which sounds confusing when we're saying it, the book last fall, which yes. was released this spring. Because um, <laughs> it's not about autumn. It's about falling in love. Yes. Um, but I just wanted to, for listeners to know. Um, that was, you got crazy pants, great reviews on it. And I, I think did. it's because I think, Maybe you fully embrace, like, I'm just putting it all in and and embracing. You had fun with it, too. I had I so much fun with it. it. It really was a place where it was finally like, you know what? I'm just going to do what feels right. And I don't care if it's what you're supposed to do or not. And I don't care if this character's from a different book or not. And I don't care if it's crazy over the top that this crazy over the top thing is about to happen. I think everyone's going to love it. And they did. Like, the messages I got were like, <gasps> I was crying at this point. I couldn't breathe. And I was like, okay, this is what I have to do from now on. This was fun. And then the readers enjoyed it, too. So clearly, this is the recipe for fun. You know, it's so huge. And that's really something I've been doing a lot of thinking about lately. And you know I love to think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but and, and that that's really the key, I think, for successful authordom is... And successful in two ways, not just commercially successful, but emotionally and, mm -hmm. and fulfilling um, success, but that you are following your heart and you're just going with it. You're having fun. You're doing, you're, you're using your voice in a way that no one else could. And so that means sometimes ignoring all of the noise and the you shoulds and 
but what abouts and all of those things and just really going for it. So, um, yeah. but I can attest that as your friend, I, I really <laughs> did see a change in the way and, and not that you didn't love your other books. Oh God. Um, but <laughs> I love them all. Know, They're my babies. You, yes, you do. <laughs> and you would cry about like, I don't know how to start this one. And this one made me cry at the end. And, but with last fall, it was just like, every time you talked about, it, you're like, Oh, Ooh, Ooh, I'm doing mm-hmm. this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And then of course you got like, I mean, okay, y'all go go to alexisandbooks.com and go to her book page and you will see what I'm about to talk about here. Your covers are like the best covers in contemporary romance. Oh, thank I, you. I, I know I tell you that all the time, but they're both, you, you manage to take like the, the sexy ab man look and like more um, graphic, abstract looks and make them all so freaking sexy. I don't... <laughs> Like, in sexy in, like, a really sexy way. Not, like, dirty, grungy mm-hmm. sexy, but sexy in, like, the purest form. So, brava. Well, thank you. That was the goal. Like, I, somebody, I think it was uh, uh, Tina. Tina Klein's, TJ Klein. That's her author name. We have all have many names. She <laughs> Tina had, might have more names, too. We don't she, really know. Oh, she might. <laughs> <laughs> She she was the one, she hadn't read any super sexy romances and she took one of my books at one of the RWAs and I got a message whenever she got around to reading it and was oh, you know I didn't want to read these kinds of books because they were just so graphic or whatever and but yours are so sweet and so real like you can relate to these characters it's not over the top it's not something completely different from anything you would ever experience. And and that was always the goal. And so that was one of those, like, verifying moments so that from then on out, I was like, okay, I'm doing the right thing. And that was the same with the covers. I don't ever want anyone to feel like they can't walk around with my book cover. I mean, some of them are way racier than others, but at the same time, they're sexy without being like, <gasps> sexy. Right. Which which is okay. I mean, we're not we're not to quote myself and yourself. We're not yucking anyone's yum, but um, but yeah, it's just sexy in a Alexis Ann way. Right, that's is... that's the goal. So I'm very excited that that the goal mm-hmm. came through. It does. I was not trying to yuck anyone's yum. <laughs> so speaking of having fun, though, um, the next thing I wanted to talk to you about was the thing that again, another thing you're having fun with, and that I cannot wait for, is your new series coming out this summer. Yes. Talk about it, please. So the series name is Calusa Key. It's a totally made up place, um, but it's not a totally made up place. It's based on a real place. (laughs) And the three books are Come For Me, Darling, Go Away, Darling, and Kiss Me, Darling. And they're about three brothers, the Kane brothers. Two of them we've already met in my series before, and then the third one we haven't met before. And it's basically, it's a little bit... I don't know, sweeter, I guess is the word I keep coming back to because it's just, it's boiled down romance and it's small town. It's, we love each other. We're going to do this, but there's also going to be some really ridiculous things that happen in between. And it's really about the island and island life and family and brothers and sisters and falling in love. So when you first started conceiving of this series and mm-hmm. talking about it you told me and i hope this wasn't super secret but that you were inspired by like old hollywood romantic comedies like yes. 1940s 1950s doris day type yes. is that is that coming yep. through still in your in the process i hope so i mean the the instig- instigating instigating scene that doesn't sound right what's the inciting word? inciting <laughs> the inciting incident in come for me darling the first book is a bathtub falling through the second floor into the first floor and the hero and the heroine seeing each other for the first time after 20 years and it just reminded me of the oops. money pit <laughs> oops it's like one is is one of them upstairs and one of them downstairs and then the yes. eyes meet through the hole <gasps> yeah oh. no he's in the bathtub oh he he's falls- in the bathtub yes that's even better but oh my god his poor bag i sound so yeah. old and then there's there's a joke later where she says you should take an epsom salt bath for your sore muscles and he just looks at her and busts out laughing and she's like what i don't get it and he's like you just told me to take a bath for my bath accident so Kalusaki is in 
Florida. It is. It's based on Sanibel, which is, um, it's in Southwest Florida, right off of Fort Myers. And it's, uh, it's historically a family place for me. Um, it's where my dad was born and grew up, and it's where I spent a lot of my childhood. Um, and it's this huge tourist destination now. Everyone, you know, likes to go there and go to the resorts. But for me, it was, and for my family, it's it's where we ran around barefoot and went to softball games. And my dad was a bag boy and all this, you know, the history. My, my aunts went to the little schoolhouse, which was a one-room schoolhouse. Um, and it's now in the historic village. There wasn't even a school out there. There wasn't a bridge to the mainland. And it's just this really unique, wonderful island that... Some people see it as, as a place to go to vacation, but to me, it was it's where I grew up in a way. And I wanted to capture the old Sanibel in, uh, in, in a way that felt fictionally responsible. You are a native Floridian. I am. Um, as you just said. And you had lived there, I guess, your entire life until last year when you moved to North Carolina. Correct. And so, I mean, anyone who knows you just connects Alexis Ann with Florida. So this (laughs) this makes so much sense. Um, But, I mean, just knowing someone is from Florida is one thing. I think when you and I were, um, or when all of the authors involved in Mistletoe Key uh, started talking about that series, Mm -hmm. uh, which is another made-up island. (laughs) In in, the Keys. In Florida, yes, in the Keys. Um, But... You came out with so much, you know, so much about Florida. You like how that's more than like a normal Floridian. So <laughs> no, how true. did you like, <laughs> were you, did you study Florida history in, in college or how did that? All that's what out? my specialty is in archaeology okay. is um, Florida historic period. Um, so it's, it's anything really from post-contact forward. And so my master's thesis was done in the Keys. Um, on an island off of Isla Mirada. It's a state park called Indian Key. And that was all pirating and lightship, not lightship, I'm sorry, lighthouse building, ship building, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I just really love history. I, you know, in fourth grade, you do your state's history. That's your thing. And I remember that I still have my notebook from that year. I had so much fun that year. And it was just one of those light bulb moments of I love learning about history, and this is the history that's around me. And Florida has some weird history. Um, and so it just it's something I always stuck to. Then in college, I decided to study anthropology in the state of Florida. And so that was what most specialties were in. And then post-grad, I, I got a job doing oral history, which was just, that's I think that was the icing on top of everything. I'd done archaeology. I'd done you know, Native American history, I'd done pioneer history, I'd done recent history. And then on top of it, I was I was talking to these people who literally settled the area around Tampa and saw all the changes. And it was just icing on the cake. So I know way too much about history in Florida. So I mean, I even used you as a resource. Um, briefly, I wanted to I'm writing this novella that's in my newsletter, and uh, mm-hmm. set a mistletoe key, and I wanted a lighthouse in it. And so I'm like, hey, Alexis Ann, tell me about Florida lighthouses. And I get like 16 <laughs> responses about who has a good lighthouse, and but this type of lighthouse and this type of construction and lighthouses weren't really available until blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to have my own lighthouse. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just got to make up your own stuff. I'm just going to make up my own history, but that was very interesting. So, I mean, so if any, if you, when you read about my lighthouse, you'll be like, um, that's mm. not entirely historically accurate, but, um, it's sort of based in reality because of you. Um, but There's yeah, Florida, Florida. three books on lighthouses behind me right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ignore that those were ever written and write my own lighthouse. Um, but you're... You're right. I mean, Florida history, I don't know that much about it. I'm not from Florida. I know a lot about Texas history, which is also probably similarly... Um, yeah, similarly weird. Similarly weird, yeah. Except you've got um, a whole different element over there. So, what, Which part? Mexican the border. The Mexican border, the nation. I mean, okay, it's just, just out of... Um, I have discovered through Ancestry.com, like, I'm descended from the original settlers of texas when they came with stephen f austin and so they all had to 
And I knew this from my classes in my history books. I actually took a great Texas history class in college, too. But they actually had to take Mexican citizenship and renounce um, American citizenship to get their um, colonizing deeds or whatever. And so that's all like an Ancestry.com, like my proof of my Mexican heritage. Ooh. <laughs> that's exciting. And they all had to like convert to Catholicism and have their marriages. Like So all of the marriages were had to be... Um, registered in Mexico City so it's really interesting so um and I know after I learned that kind of history I'm like always kind of have something percolating about some Texas history stories I might want to write one day when I have the time Mm -hmm. so do you have the same thing Mm -hmm. about Florida history or or stories that you'd want to write oh I have I have one I was messaging I was driving so I wasn't messaging you guys but I was messaging you guys we were doing the field (laughs) trip the fourth grade field trip for Florida history to St. Augustine for the day. And we had been talking, I think, about maybe Julia's book that she was writing. That's the one that the late over London now. Uh-huh. Um, and I just, it was one of those moments of everything just kind of started clicking between what we were about to go look at, what the oral histories I had collected, you know, the archaeology I had done, and the idea that this should be a story because I had never really thought about it fictionally before. And so I'm messaging you guys, like, not while I'm driving, but while I'm driving. <laughs> I have an idea. safely on the side of the road, probably. <laughs> I think I pulled into the parking garage and was like, I can't go anywhere until I write some stuff down really quick. Um, but, like, it was just one of those aha moments of the, that, that whole time period, especially when Flagler was coming into Florida with the railroads and the, the number of incredibly rich people who were coming into Florida, which was either empty in huge places because it had been emptied um, or or had very you know, cattle ranches and people who were just trying to make ends meet, pioneers. It was just a really weird clash of culture and, and what happened in the, the, the aftermath of that failure or success in some cases is just very interesting. And I think there's a really good story there. And so I have this, it's a snowy river vision. Have you ever seen The Man from Snowy River? Yes, years ago. But yes, yeah. I love that movie. And it was like, I saw a flash of like that ranch and the cattle ranches there and was like, oh, I want to write a story about Florida that's kind of like this. I think I think you should. I think After I you will. get close to key done for me. Yes. Oh, <laughs> or release I have for me. so many books I want to write. <laughs> I know. And that's what I love about you is that, I mean, among all the other things <laughs> I love about you. But one of the things I love about you is that I like going back to your archaeology, you just have all the stories and they're different mm-hmm. genres and different stuff. And you haven't release them all out into the world yet but they're coming and um it's exciting to watch and to hear about at the nascent stages when you pull (laughs) off the road and but isn't that how it happens like your best ideas are when you are floating in a pool or driving or something and all of a sudden your subconscious is like shoveling crap out at you (laughs) oh it's great that's why i like to write first thing in the morning because I usually am waking up in this cloudy little abyss, and if I'm in the middle of a book, my characters are the first thing I think of in the morning. Sorry, honey and children. Um, <laughs> and so I just leap right up, and I, I start writing because everything's so fresh, and I'm so light, and I haven't thought about the day yet. But then the second best for me is usually driving. Music mm-hmm. up, just mm-hmm. focused on the road, and all of a sudden, the char- I wrote all of Filters, um, which is a very old book I wrote a million years ago. Um, I wrote all of it on the road. In your head. In my head, yes. <laughs> I I would get home, because I was doing a lot of road trips home to see my grandmother. Oh. And so I would get home, and then the next day I would spend the whole day in the chair writing everything I had thought of on the road. That was the first time I learned I could spend 12 hours in front of a computer. So Calusa Key series, the three books coming out this summer. Um, mm-hmm. Plus, oh, there's a bonus one because it's a Mistletoe oh. Key crossover book. <gasps> oh, yay. I should have known about that. <laughs> no, I do know about that. Because but... <laughs> I'm focused on Alexis and books. Awesome. So is yeah. it going to be someone from Calusa Key traveling to Mistletoe Key? So in last fall, the brother of the hero is Jack. And Jack was married to Berlin, who is one of the three sisters in the first Kalusiki book. Um, and so they had, um, they're a very old Florida family. <laughs> I wonder where I got that from. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so their family is from Calusa Key, but one of their aunts also still had a house on Mistletoe Key. And so when Berlin got married, she's an archaeologist, when she got married to Jack, they lived on Mistletoe Key because he's the coach of the Miami Pythons, the hockey team in Miami. And when they got divorced, she's been kind of all over the place and so is he. Anyway, long story short, those are the two people in the book. Um, they connect to both Calusa Key and uh, Last Fall. Awesome. I cannot yeah. wait to read that too. Well, I wanted to, I mean, like I said, you're so connected in my mind to Florida and everything, but just before we move on, how has North Carolina been okay for you though? <laughs> it has been quite the experience because you've with... been cold a lot the last year. <laughs> so you guys, I don't, everyone, I keep saying it's my first winter and everyone keeps laughing at me going, this isn't winter. And I'm like, you guys, you don't understand. I've spent my whole life in the 80s. I mean, in the winter, even in Orlando, it only gets down to 30, maybe two or three days at night in the middle of the night. It's it's pretty much in the 70s or the 80s. And then in the summer, it's in the 90s. And that's it. I owned one jacket. I owned two pairs of pants. I had two long sleeve shirts and a sweater when I moved to North Carolina. And it was cold from December until like two weeks ago. <laughs> I had I to buy attest. a whole new wardrobe. I can attest, y'all. Alexis talking about how cold she was was at least a daily occurrence. <laughs> like, I'm so cold. I'm so cold. <laughs> Why is it still cold? Like, the cold front would come through. And in Florida, the temperature would drop for like 12 hours. And the next day, it would be back to 75. Here, it stays cold. I don't understand. <laughs> Which makes me laugh because, well, Texas is a huge state, but we are definitely kind of, I guess, in the middle of Florida and North Carolina, uh, temporally. Um, So it makes me laugh because I I keep thinking about this sorority sister of mine in college who was from Orlando. (laughs) And she'd moved to Texas for college, and which isn't, in my mind, is not that much colder than Florida. I mean, I think we're hot. It's hot here. We're southern states. It's all about the same. But she always had the cutest sweaters on. And I think (laughs) she would get so like decked out like it was winter. And I really think she moved from Florida to Texas and like convinced her mom that she needed all these, you know, new sweaters. (laughs) And she probably did. I mean, it's probably just cold enough. So she'd be like, I need a new sweater. Um, But yeah, I think about you Floridians need to but next next winter will be better. You'll be used oh, to it. Oh, well, now I have clothes. <laughs> I, ha- I have, like, a lot of clothes now. And I had to put them away. Like, I've never had to do that before. Like, had to put away some clothes that I wouldn't be wearing. And, and now that it, the weather's changed, I put away some heavy winter clothes that I won't be touching again. It's weird. That is a new experience. Well, I wanted to experience. I wanted to establish all of your Florida bona fides for another reason. Okay. I thought it would be fun. Um, so Florida is known for a lot of things. Yep, <laughs> including Florida Man. Okay. Have you heard of Florida Man? I don't know. We have a lot of weirdos. <laughs> yes. So Florida Man is a meme that's been around a few years on the internet, and it kind of makes fun of. Um, all of the weird Florida people that uh-huh. make the news. And uh-huh. um, so you'll see headlines all the time with Florida man does such and such. Uh-huh. And so I have come up with um, 10 headlines <laughs> involving Florida man. Have you seen and... the video where she's going, don't be Florida, don't be Florida. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so you can tell me if it's real or fake Florida. Okay. okay. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Number one, Florida man is accused of his... Uh, let me start over. I, mm-hmm. I'm, just, I, I'm trying to do like a... A, a newscaster cool voice. Newscaster voice. Mm-hmm. Florida man is accused of attacking his mother and flipping over furniture because he did not like the way she cooked ham. That one's true. It is true. <laughs> I know. I remember that one. <sighs> All right. Here we go. Number two, police arrest Florida man for drunken joyride on a motorized scooter at Walmart. (laughs) I I think that's true. It is true! (laughs) I think I remember that one, too. (laughs) 
I'm like, that kind of sounds fun. I'm not judging too hard on that one. (laughs) What else is there to do? I mean, there's some late nights in college where, you know, you never know. Okay, anyway. (laughs) Number three Florida man tries to rob a Victoria's Secret pink store dressed as Dorothy from the Golden Girls. I think you cut out. Can you say that one again? Oh, yes. Number three. Florida man tries to rob a Victoria's Secret pink store dressed as Dorothy from the Golden Girls. Did you get that? Hello, are you there? I'm here. Are you not there? Ah, Hello. 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 I think I'm about to lose you. Hello. 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 Okay. Number three. Okay. Number three. (laughs) Florida man tries to rob a Victoria's Secret pink store dressed as Dorothy from the Golden Girls. This feels real. (laughs) But I hope it's not. It's fake. Okay, good. (laughs) That was one I made up. You can tell by the very specific choice of Golden Girl. (laughs) Yeah, but it's Florida. <laughs> I know. I know. What's more What's more Florida than Dorothy from the Golden Girls? Exactly. Florida man. All right. Number four. Florida man, or Florida men, excuse me, mm. plural, attack ice cream man who wouldn't take a $20 bill for a pickled sausage. Well, that's fake. That is true. No. That's a real headline. No. I don't even know what a pickled sausage is. I don't either, but... Or why an ice cream man would have it. no. That is awfulness. (laughs) Only in Florida. Only in Florida. Don't be Florida. Don't be Florida. (laughs) Number five. Florida man attempts world record in singing Margaritaville at Jacksonville Karaoke Lounge. Threatens to sake bomb the pot patrons who try to leave. Well, that sounds like an episode of The Good Place. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm going to say it's not true. You're right. Okay. It is one that I made up. Well, we because... should write The Good Place and see if Jason Mendoza can do that. I'm wasting away again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what number am I at? One, two, three, four, five, six. Number six. Florida man refuses to borrow borrowed no. Florida man refuses to return borrowed chainsaw from neighbor cuts off his neighbor's toe. I think that's true. That one is false. Okay, good. <laughs> it's sad though that that could easily you could switch out a couple details and that could be real. It could be. I think I was inspired there was another headline about someone with a chainsaw. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, a chainsaw. Of course that's what Florida man uses all the time. <laughs> all right. And the thing is, is like I made up these, but you could look tomorrow and and they could be real. I don't know. Oh, there's a there's a headline every day where it's like is oh my oh seriously? Okay, only in Florida. <laughs> Number 7. Florida man, once arrested for fighting drag queen with a tiki torch while dressed like KKK member, (laughs) now running for mayor. No, that's not true. It is totally true. No, 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 no. Oh, it was a real headline. I mean, we got to give, you know, people make mistakes in their past. They fight drag queens while dressed up like KKK members. With tiki torches? You can't hold it against them. Yes, I can. (laughs) (laughs) Number eight. Florida man arrested for trying to spit roast an alligator outside of a NASCAR event. Oh, that sounds true, actually. It's fake. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Once again, I am an accurate Floridian describer no i was thinking again like what's more florida than nascars and gators so put them together and barbecue i don't know well you know if you haven't lived if you haven't been to a spit roasted gator party (laughs) oh plot bunny plot bunny we used to key plot bunny (laughs) My, my dad used to prepare us for going out to my uncle's because there would always be something crazy to eat. And it was usually gator and boar and and just the craziest stuff that we he could come up with. And there was always venison. And it was crazy. 
Yeah, venison's not too crazy, but um, I was at a store uh, place the other day, and they were selling. Okay. <laughs> No lying. It was on the menu, and I just tried to ignore it because I hoped it wasn't real. Beaver. Oh, my. Yeah. Like, I just I just scanned over it. I'm like, I am not even stopping there. I'm just going to pretend, like, because there's just too much there. All right. Yeah, no. No beaver. No beaver. <laughs> it's a bit rusticator, you know? Yeah. I mean, actually, that, that sounds delicious. Okay. <laughs> Number nine, Florida man accidentally butt dials 911 while cooking meth with his mom. That sounds true. It is true. Yeah. Hate butt dialing 911 <sighs> while, while, while cooking, cooking meth. meth. <laughs> <laughs> it's so inconvenient. Um, number 10, Florida man proposes to girlfriend, ties ring to alligator. Why is this so hard to pick whether it's real or not? <laughs> I'm going to say this one's false. It's true. No. Uh, this is just how prevalent gators are in Florida. It is. And it's probably like they're a pet gator. So. Yeah. There was a movie, The Happiest Millionaire. It was a Fred McMurray movie. And he kept pet alligators in bathtubs in his house. And I didn't think it was that strange as a child. <laughs> Did you ever watch Heart of Dixie? No, I didn't. Oh, I love it so much. Um, in fact, it's 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 inspiring me every day. But um, <laughs> they have a, a character on there has a pet alligator named Burt Reynolds, which I think is also very. Even though that shows in uh, Alabama, I think it's also very uh, Floridian. Yeah, Burt Reynolds uh, went to Florida State. Did he really? Yeah, the football yeah. team's uh, living quarters are called Burt Reynolds. Oh, how interesting. <laughs> See? See, you are a veritable font of Florida knowledge. Um, what have you been reading lately? What? I am on a Penny Reed kick. <gasps> One of Yay! your former guests. I know. And I remember telling you about... Um, one of the books, I was like, you have to get this one. I don't know. Which ones are you reading? Which series? Uh, Neanderthal Seeks Human. Oh, those are good. Yes, all good. I'm, I'm enjoying them quite a lot. Yeah. She has a great voice. She does. And uh, the characters are like real people, you know? Yes. Although I'm not in a knitting circle that takes down criminals. Well, no. I mean, yes. You have to suspend <laughs> some disbelief. <laughs> But other than that kind of stuff, yes, all the characters are very relatable and and they're they're very real people with and they're very smart, which I yeah. enjoy quite a lot because you know, too stupid to live is is a thing that gets really hard to read. So it's uh it's been a lot of fun to to work my way through the series. Cool. Anything yeah. else you're reading or recommending? Uh, I just got a book to blurb by Adriana Anders. Um, I like her reclusive billionaire in her last book, so I'm really excited to open this one up and, and see what's happening with her wounded warrior. Mm, that sounds good. I think I saw your, your review on Goodreads the other day. Yes, mm. I did. I did post it because I have a crack problem with, with reclusive billionaires. Like, you say that, and it's just like, I cannot click fast enough. <laughs> I don't. There's something about, you know, this, like, totally rich, well-off, could-do-anything-in-the-world guy, but he chooses to be reclusive. Um, it's just like, I actually wrote one, didn't I? Um, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking well, of. Like, truly reclusive? Like, truly, like, yes, I'm this on guy a mountain is like, he is and I'm super reclusive. He's like blind, that. too. Oh, that's why he's, re is that why he's reclusive? It's part of it, yeah. Oh, oh. okay. You're gonna yeah. have to give me that title. What, is this the one you're blurbing or the one you already read? This is the one I already read. I think it's going free right now, too. So you might have to pick it up and read it. Okay. Well, I'll put the... I'll, I'll get the title and look it up and put it in the um, list. Because... So I go on Goodreads now because I've got the Women With Books recommendation. Every, every guest who recommends books, I put it on my Ooh. shelf in Goodreads. So I will definitely put that in there. Definitely. And... Um, what about, about non-romance books, or is there a genre that people would be surprised that you like? Well, I read everything, so I hope they're not surprised that I like everything. 
My my go to is um, mystery and suspense. See, I think that's fascinating because there's not. I don't think there's a big overlap there between <laughs> romance and mystery and suspense readers. I think I'm always rooting for like the characters to get together. Even in those books, even though they don't, or sometimes they do, but it's so superficial, it doesn't matter. So I think in my head, I'm basically writing fan fiction while I'm reading it. Yeah, I think you have told me that about some of my books before. And because I like to put them together. And maybe, I don't know, maybe is this like a growing trend? Like more people doing like romance and mysteries all in the same book because they want all of their buttons pushed? Or is it just you and me? (laughs) Well, I definitely think that we are... Uh, we're we're a people that like a thing even nate nate's reading the um the vince flynn series right now Mm -hmm. and he was saying you know nothing ever like at the end of this chapter they go upstairs and then i don't get to see what happens upstairs and i'm like you want me to write you what happens upstairs (laughs) (laughs) i was i was joking that i'm gonna start writing under a pen name i'm gonna write vince flynn style books but they're gonna go into the bedroom too um, because secretly I really want people to want that, but I have a feeling it's just you and me and maybe like five other people. Yeah. I, I don't understand though, because it's like, okay. So one of my things I think is going to be a big or should be a big trend based on the country's culture is like Shonda Rhimes style shows, like mm. where you've got people who are professional and there's like another storyline, but they're all also hooking up. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's it, there's sexiness and professionalism and like overarching storylines, and um, I'm always constantly trying to figure out what I would do with that because I don't really want to write a lawyer show. I mean, lawyer books, and I don't. Mm-hmm. I would know nothing about medical shows. So what else would like a Shonda Rhimes style show be? But I think like that audience would like that. Now, just whether or not that um, those. Shonda Rhimes watchers are also readers. I think maybe mm-hmm. that's where it starts to break down. And maybe they're just spending all their time watching Shonda Rhimes shows. You know, I would really love some some more books in that. And maybe there are books in that area, and I'm just not aware of them. But I, I am not aware of them. So maybe we need to write them. I know. Because and I readers. like some, yeah, some readers, big world building. Let us know. Please do. Otherwise, we're going to have to do it. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. I started this podcast so I could have the conversations I wanted to have about books. And by listening, you're part of the conversation too. Contact me on our Facebook page or on any of my social media accounts at Lindsay Emery if you want to talk some more or sign up for my fantastic newsletter. And please leave me a review. It helps other listeners and readers find us. Five stars if you love books. Thanks, and keep reading.